Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another edition of Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends. Back-to-back W's beating Jacksonville Monday night and just absolutely destroyed the Indianapolis Colts down at uh, Paycor Stadium this past weekend. So a lot of stuff to get into tonight. we got Ken Anderson coming on here in a couple minutes. What a great guest to come on and talk about quarterbacking, backup quarterbacks, and how the starters can help uh, through these situations when the starter's injured. So a lot of stuff to talk about tonight, guys. Absolutely. <laughs> like that. We've got the perfect guest at the perfect time. And the uh, Bengals are not just beating teams, but they're beating the hottest teams in the AFC. So, you know, who cares about the percentages and everything else? The only game that matters is the next one. And let's win it. Get in. As Jamie just said before we went on, get in, get hot, and go as far as we can. Sorry for the uh, hesitation, Jimmy. We were all in shock. Jamie was actually on for uh, for a night for the first time in like <laughs> no, four I just, weeks. We were. I, yeah, I just realized today that I, it's not on purpose, but I seem to come on only after a victory. So I just, it's, I promise you, I'm not a Fairweather fan. It's not on purpose. But. Hey, hey, James, didn't he? Did he sleep through the episode last week? I can't remember. No, last two weeks week, ago. Two weeks ago, <laughs> I slept. Last week, I got stuck working the bar at my venue because my. Uh, Staffing issues. You, well, you know that that one that one meme that has like the um, all the different Browns quarterbacks that like goes all the way back down the back of the jersey. We're, we're starting to compile that for for Jamie his list of excuses that he uh, has every week. Hey, I'm just happy to be missed. Hey, and, and Marissa, she was upset that you weren't on, so she yeah. made me the new president. Well, so you know. Nobody was more upset than me. Trust me. Yeah. We won't tell you what she said uh, off off air, man. So just uh, we'll, we'll share that later. Tom, right. go ahead. Let's let's get started. We got a lot of stuff to get to tonight. We uh, we'll talk some charity stuff later. We got to talk 
uh, about tailgate and some other things we're doing here. But let's really hit the Bengals' magic number right now, guys. The Bengals seven and six. The magic number is three. Three, they have a very high chance of getting in that playoffs. But let's introduce our guest tonight, Tom. He is the Bengals' all-time greatest quarterback. He should be, and very soon we believe will be, enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. And he's perfect for us tonight. Hall of Fame quarterback, former NFL coach, and he still bleeds orange and black. So it's a privilege to have on Ken Anderson. Ken, welcome to Bengal Jim and Friends. Well, thank you so much. You know, you said the, the greatest Bengal quarterback of all time. That may be, you know, Jake Browning now. I'm not really sure <laughs> where he's played the last couple of weeks. Hey, and let me tell you guys, you know, you've really gone big, big time with that opening. You've got your own song now, you know, and, and the video behind it. I, I am truly impressed how big this has gotten. And Kenny, you, and you're very, you're featured properly in that video. But more importantly, Kenny, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, excuse me, Keystone Light. You know that my uh, my oh my beer of choice. You know, Dell's going to be up. Dell's going to be upset whether you don't have a Kenny's Day drinking in front of you now. Well, we we can only sell that uh, on draft now. Yeah. Um, you know, we we got a cease and desist order from the NFL for our can. I guess it was. Uh, I'm not really sure why, but they they said the average consumer would assume that it's a Bengal endorsed product. Yeah. So no, but but I still we, we've got it down at Dickman's. Uh, you know, it's over in 16 lots. So I've got a lot of places I go and I drink it on tap. <laughs> gotcha. Go ahead, Tom. Get us kicked off here, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Ken, uh, like I said, you've got a unique perspective here. And while I know everybody else is going to pepper you with the quarterback questions, I'm going to ask you a question from, from your coaching days. When you've got a starter that goes down and your backup that comes in, everybody was talking about, well, Jake Browning needs a full week of practice. Jake Browning needs to learn this, that, or the other. But from a coaching standpoint, what do coaches do to adjust the game plan or their list, the, the list of plays that they can call you know, how big of an adjustment is for the head coach, the coordinators, and the quarterback coach? Well, I think communication is the big thing. You know, when you're talking about putting a game plan together, uh, you try to, you know, figure out what does he to do best? What is he comfortable with? And I, I think the first game was always the toughest, which we saw, you know, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, we always, uh, you know, the head coach and the, the play caller and the quarterback coach always went through the with the quarterback late in the week. What do you like and what do you don't like? Well, I think the first game, Jake hadn't run a lot of the stuff. He didn't know what he didn't like and what he did like. You know, they're a better feel for it uh, after that. But what I really liked was the adjustments they started to make down in Jacksonville. He's under center more. Uh, we started to feature the run game more. You know, and of course, you know, Joe Mixon, you know, started to come through uh, in, in the Jacksonville game. And, and last game, you know, still featured the run game. And now we had Chase Brown, who finally was healthy and came through with some big plays on the screen passes. So I think the coaching staff has done a nice job. I think, you know, the communication with, uh, with Jake as well, and you know, what do you feel more comfortable with has really come a long way. Yeah, Kenny, I mean, speaking of, I mean, we talked about, I, I really don't think the coach is getting enough credit for what's happening right now uh, with, with Jake Browning being in there and, and then on a little two-game winning streak here. But talk, is, is, is it such a thing that Joe Burrow, you know, being there, uh, can he actually help and, and, and get Jake where he needs to be and give him advice uh, in, uh, throughout the week and on game day? Oh, no question about it. And, and what I really like is that he's on the sideline. I, 
I think there's a, another quarterback from the team up north that's not playing, and they had shots at him up in a private suite during the game. And, you know, Joe's, you know, down on the sideline, and, you know, you, you watch him, he's got a headset on. He knows what's going on. He's got the, 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 the pad in front of him. He's going over the plays. He's sitting right next to Jake and communicating with him. So, no, I mean, Joe has a, a great perspective on football and what he sees and, and what he anticipates. And that advice that he can give to Jake is invaluable. In, in the comment section right now, AJ is saying the Browns backup quarterback is getting massages, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But <laughs> I, I, you didn't, that didn't come out of my mouth, Jim. Don't get me in trouble. <laughs> James? Yeah, Kenny, thanks for coming on. And, and certainly it's a different NFL right now than when you played. We had an interesting comment from Solomon Wilcox a couple weeks ago when he was on the show. And he was wearing the, the safety glasses, as you can imagine, talking about the, the quarterback position. And he made the comment how much tougher it was for the defense to recognize what was happening when the quarterback was lined up under center versus what we see so much nowadays from the shotgun position. Can you comment on that and, and what a difference you see from your perspective when that quarterback lines up under center versus from the shotgun? Well, you know, I, I think, number one, the running back is going downhill. He's got more momentum when he's going to the, uh, you know, to the line of scrimmage. So, you know, you always like that. I think it's easier for the play-action pass to come off that and throwing it down the field. And, you know, sometimes when, when you've got that going on and, uh, you know, if you're in a, a one-back set but you've still got a tight end in the game, it almost becomes, you know, a seven- or eight-man protection you know, which really firms things up for the quarterback as you get a chance to look down the field to make some big throws. Tony? Hey, Kenny, thanks for coming on. Um, what's the what's the feeling around the locker room? So we hear about the culture and how the team supports him and all that kind of stuff. How important is that uh, for a quarterback to have that team behind you? Well, I think it's extremely important. And, and I think, you know, Jake has earned that, you know, from what, what you hear in the media – you know, he's been here a couple of years now, but what he's done to prepare himself, you know, for this moment, you know, he's always working. He comes in on his off day and then meets with the defensive backs in, in their meeting room and kind of gets a quarterback perspective of what he's doing. You know, everything he's doing is how can I get better? How can I make the team better? And, you know, so I mean, he's taking advantage of this opportunity and the team has confidence in him because they know how he prepares for this. Tom? Tom? Ken, going forward, uh, and we don't want to get too forward, naturally, the, the whole mentality of one game at a time. But we've got the Vikings this week who, depending on reports, might be starting their third-string quarterback. Then we've got a monstrous game in Pittsburgh. Going against you know a Steeler team that, that abused the Bengals' offense and Jake Browning a few weeks ago, what adjustments – Will you see Jake doing? Can we leave everything pretty much the same in his experience from these last couple of weeks? Would that be enough? Or do you think, you know, we have to toy some things and, and, and adjust to what the Steelers did to us? Well, you know, I think they've got to adjust to what we're doing now. You know, I was at that Steelers game. We didn't even try to run the football very much in that game. And I guess that was the disappointing thing for me because with what the Steelers are going through on offense, you knew they weren't going to score very many points. And so, you know, we have a chance to go ahead. You can run it, even though you may not be successful. You can go ahead and feature the run, 
because you know it's going to be a low scoring game and we didn't do that so uh i think you know our running game is going to make a big difference when we go up there and you, you know i mean we've got that and you know of course you got you know kansas city we got cleveland one more time and you know as my shirt says you know why not us you know it is us you know, that was kind of the mantra a couple of years ago and you know funny things can happen i mean uh Jake's on a hot streak. Is he the new Mark Purdy? You know, he went to San Francisco and the start of your shirt, he hadn't played much football. He was the last pick in the draft one year, uh, you know, one step from being a free agent. And all of a sudden he goes 13 in a row and doesn't lose, you know, until he hurts his hand in the playoff game. So, uh, you know, let's, let's see, you know, I mean, we've got so many weapons on this team, you know, on offense, you know, the, the first game, you know, we gave, uh, the, the ball to Jamar Chase a lot, you know, down in Jacksonville. He had the big game. And last week it was kind of the, the screen game. So they're mixing it up, you know, and what we're doing. But, you know, we've got a lot of weapons. We've got a good offensive line. And, and last week the defense stepped up. So, I mean, that's all the kind of things that you got to have. And, you know, that's this team's mantra. You know, it's the next guy up. Let's make the next play. And, uh, you know, they've done a good job of that the last two weeks. Kenny, I mean, you you play with a lot of great receivers, a lot of great running backs in your career, your long career here in Cincinnati. Kind of draw some comparisons if you're able to. Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, the, the guy that you played with. Is there anybody you could you would compare them to? Uh, Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase. Oh wow, I, I think you know um, Joe Mixon a lot like uh, Charlie Alexander. You know, was kind of the the bigger back from LSU who had a, a good career with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Jamar, gosh, uh, you know, Isaac Curtis, in my opinion, is still the best the Bengals have ever had. I think Jamar may have something to say about that as, as he goes along. But I think, you know, Jamar is uh, a, a guy that is probably a better runner with the football on the short routes than maybe Isaac was. Although, gosh, I, I can remember on a, a fourth and three against Houston and Riverfront Stadium, you know, I hit Art Isaac and he ran all the way through the defense and scored a touchdown to win us the game. So I, I guess I can't say that there. But, um, you know, he's a, a little bit, you know, stockier build than maybe Isaac was. Gotcha, gotcha. Tom? Ken, jumping back into Bengals history, which is something I'd like to do, I had a great time uh, the night we did the Riverfront Remember down at 16 Lots. Uh, in Newport, talking with your old teammate, Bob Johnson. You know, I think there's a guy that in an era where the NFL had a lot of great centers, was really as as good as any of them and maybe suffered as you did from being in a smaller market, not being on TV as much and and so forth. But um, we've heard a lot of, you know, Bob Trumpy stories. We've heard a lot of Isaac Curtis stories, Chris Collinsworth stories. Could you tell us a little bit about the, the Bengals captain and the only guy to ever have his number retired? Man, just smart, you, you know, and Bob was, gosh, you know, he, he went to Tennessee and, you know, he always told the stories about when he was at Tennessee, they had their orange jerseys, but then they had their TV orange when they played, you know, they were, they were big time coming here. But uh, no, I mean, I think the thing, you know, about Bob is he was so athletic, you know, and, and a little bit different nowadays, you know, Bob probably played at 250, 255. Our guards may have been 260, our tackles 280. They were a lot smaller, but he was a real agile guy. And, you know, if you remember, he was a great long snapper. In those days with a 40-man roster, you didn't have a specialist that was a long snapper. It was your starting center. And Bob was one of the best at that. Yeah. 
Uh, as everybody's watching right now on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, uh, type in some questions. Uh, Jamie will try to get to a few of those here in, in a little bit for Kenny. But, uh, Jamie, you got something you want to fire away? Yeah, I got well, I got some viewer questions queued up that are actually pretty good. Um, yeah, shoot. Before I get into those, I just want to say quickly, shout out to Chase Brown, proud Canadian. Cheering him on up here. Like, all my friends up here, like, when he's when he scored a touchdown, I'm like, that, that guy's from London, Ontario. That's crazy. People didn't realize he's Canadian. Um, okay, Kenny, our viewers, some great questions. I'll throw this one for AJ first. Kenny, the line apparently is blocked better with the new style of offense. Do you think they should keep some of these schemes for next year uh, with Joe Burrow under, under the helm? Well, you know, I, I think a lot is what is, is Joe Burrow more comfortable with? You know, he likes the shotgun a lot. He likes the five out wide outs, you know, uh, where he can read coverages pretty well. But I think, you know, the offensive line always likes that quarterback under center and the running back going downhill. They get become a little bit more aggressive. You talk to anybody. I mean, Dave Lapham, uh, you know, my old roommate for a lot of years, Anthony Munoz, you know, they – they like when the offensive line can come off the ball and fire off the ball uh, and be a little bit aggressive in the running game. So uh, I hope they take notice of what they've done the last couple of weeks. At least keep, keep it going for this year. Craig's asking, could, could Jake having been on the Vikings two seasons help see weaknesses this weekend or help them know of weaknesses? Uh, probably not a lot because when he was there, Mike Zimmer was the head coach, yeah, you know, different, different defensive schemes that are going in, you know, different offense now that, that what they're doing. So that, that's probably not going to be a big help. Maybe some things with, with personnel, but not a lot as, as far as schemes are going. This one's good here from Bob. Does Tanner Hudson's experience as a quarterback help him at the tight end position to be on the same page as Joe and now Jake? Obviously, hope we extend them. Uh, it, it never hurts, you know, and it was nice to see, you know, Tanner come in there and get his first, you know, not only his first catch, but his first touchdown, you know, in, in the NFL. And I think that shows the versatility of a lot of the Bengals players. You know, we, we saw Drew Sample, you know, lining up in the backfield as a blocker, uh, you know, on, on some of the pass plays now. So, you know, these guys, you know, uh, Zach has made a, a tremendous effort to get, you know, smart players in, guys that are leaders in, guys that football is important to them, that are held accountable to what they're doing. And, you know, and I think that with all these guys that, that come in and he hasn't got a lot of playing time, playing time, and all of a sudden he makes a big difference last week. That's a, can I have a question? So you obviously being on a team, um, the Bengals seem to thrive when when – Everyone counts them out. So when Burrow goes down, everyone just writes them off. Season's over. These guys come out, obviously, and looks like they can go on a run here with the, with the schedule coming up. How how does a team gel in that situation when, like, something happens and the outside noise is so lax, especially now in this day and age with social media and everyone's just negative all the time? Like, how does a team team come together and, and ignore all that to – well, you know, the, the noise is loud on the outside. It's not loud on the in seat in, uh, in the locker room for those guys. You know, they, they know how hard they work. They know the talent that's in that locker room. Uh, they know the things that they can accomplish. You, you know, when they win, it's, it's not a surprise. They prepare to win. Uh, and I think, you know, it's easy to say they prepare to win, but it's they're willing to do the work to prepare to win if that makes any sense. These guys spend a lot of time there. 
they practiced extremely well. Um, and and I, I can't just say uh, enough for the, 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 the coaching job that, that Zach and his assistants have done, you know, with the quality of the guys that they have in that locker room. And, you know, as Paul Brown would always say, the game's not too big for them. Mm-hmm. Kenny, um, so a couple quick things. So just kind of looking at this, you know, as the progression of the Cincinnati Bengals and the Brown family, have they changed a lot of things in the organization over the years, right? You remember being at Spinney Field, right? Uh, down and down. And, <laughs> oh down yeah, that's why I still glow in the dark. You know, there were some <laughs> questions about the water down there, so I, I, that's why I don't turn off the lights for this gym because I may be glowing. You know, there was something with the, the creek down there next to Spinney Field. <laughs> oh man, uh, but but I mean, to, to see what they have done today, you know, at Paycor with the practice facilities with three natural grass fields out there. Uh, the indoor practice facility, it's its fun to see. What does that mean to a player, uh, to have all that uh, accessible? Well, I mean, I think it shows in the free agents that we've signed. You know, number one, they want to come here to play with Joe Burrow. But when you come here and we do have an indoor facility, we've got great practice facilities. They've got great locker room and meeting facilities. And that's important to players nowadays. You know, it's the, amenities. You know, the, the money is always going to be the, the, the bottom line and, and the chance to win. But – you know, I, I think the, the reputation of the Bengals being cheap and penny pitching uh, is long gone. I agree. Hey, Kenny, I have a, a question. Going back to your, your coaching days, there's talk, um, you know, hey, maybe too much is on Zach's plate trying to do uh, offensive coordinator duties in addition to um, being the head coach. In your time on the sideline as a coach, um, how much input does that quarterback coach have with the offensive coordinator? Does a running backs coach have? with the offensive coordinator and the offensive line. And what's your thoughts on a head coach also wearing a coordinator hat, whether that's defensive well, now, or Let me correct you there. He's not the coordinator. He's the play caller. Okay. You know, they've got a, a good coordinator and, and this staff works, you know, together to come up with a game plan and, and Zach cho- chooses to, to call the play. So a big difference between him being the coordinator and the play caller. Um, Cause you know, Brian Callahan does a, fantastic job coordinating the offense and they got a, a great bunch of, of offensive assistants but there's a communication with with all of them and I, I think you know wh- when you look obviously it takes a little more time for the head coach to get ready for that but I think when you look at Darren Simmons the assistant head coach and the the special teams coordinator that Zach's got the confidence to kind of okay you know they, they meet during the week and what do you want to do and all this other stuff but He's got total confidence in Darren's. And the, the same thing with Lou Anarumo. You know, he's a, he's a veteran in this league and what he's doing. And they, they talk about, you know, how do we want to attack this defense? You know, what's your game plan going in? There's all that communication that goes on with those guys and the head coach. So it's, uh, you know, you know, you know, Zach is getting, gets a lot of heat, you know, in, in some of the instances for his play calling. But I think he does a tremendous job in the play calling. I think the only thing that uh, I got to text him, I may come in and, and work with Tyler Boyd on his throwing mechanics uh, and see if I can improve those a little bit. <laughs> Along those lines, we hear of uh, Dan Pitcher being a hot name, um, you know, as moving up the ranks of the, the NFL coaching hierarchy. Can you comment on, on Dan and, and what you see from him as wearing that quarterback coach hat? Well, you know, I think he does a, a fantastic job with those guys and, 
you know, I mean, he's lucky. He's got a, a room of, of guys that are that are really good. But I, I think, you know, it it, uh, it goes back. You know, Joe reminds me a little bit of, of Peyton Manning. You know, they they want kind of want to know everything, and then they can handle you know a, a lot of things. And I remember Tom Moore, who was uh, Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator for most of his years with the Colts, and say, you know the the quarterback coach has to be on his toes. I mean, he's got to have answers when these guys have questions. And, and luckily, you know, the, the Bengals have a quarterback coach can, that can give those answers and make those guys better. Hey, hey uh, Jamie, if you could put Paul Blanton's uh, question up there. I thought that that's a good one. I have yeah, for sure. Uh, Kenny, what was it like working with Phil Samp in the broadcast booth after you retired? Oh, wow. What a treat. You know, Phil was such a pro. I mean, he was with the Bengals, you know, from the beginning, you know, a, a guy that I just, you know, loved being around and man, did he have a great set of pipes. His, his voice was, was just outstanding. And, and he knows, knew so much about the Bengals. And, you know, if, you know, I, I got to start a campaign. If anybody should be in the Bengals ring of honor, I think we should get a, a campaign going for Phil Sam. Yeah. Love that. Hey, uh, Kenny, so uh, not a real serious question, but back in the day, this is a, a question uh, I'm asking for a friend of mine who lives in Portsmouth, Ohio. Do you remember getting into Portsmouth at any time uh, with some of your teammates and going to a place called the River? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I've been there. I mean, I, I can't remember the specific spot or anything. But, uh, yeah, you know, I know I've been to the, the Portsmouth. I, I, I want to think maybe it was for one of our Bengal basketball games in the offseason. That's, that's exactly what it was. It, so the river, if nobody's ever been, it's the best prime steaks in the country on these giant grills outside. We walk, you walk in there, there are hundreds of pictures of old former Bengal players from the 70s and 80s and even 90s uh, that are in there. And saw some pictures of you in there, Ken, uh, about a month or so ago when we were in there. So it's kind of cool to see those old pics. Well, I know if I was in there, the beer had to be cold. Yep, no doubt, brother. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Uh, we got a couple more minutes here. We can just uh, fire away one or two more, and we'll be done with you. Uh, okay. Uh, this one comes from John. With Joe having the Chiefs number, and now with the Chiefs being a little rattled at 8-5, and five, how do you think Jake's going to stack up against the Chiefs? Well, I mean, we got a couple more weeks before they even think about that game. And then, yeah. like, you know, you, you hear Ted Karras talk in the locker room about what, you know, what what's the scenarios, you know, that, that for us, this, what do we have to do the rest of the season? He said, we don't care what the scenarios are. We're only worried about this week. And I think, you know, these guys have a, a, do a good job of compartmentalizing things. You know, they're focused on, on one thing, and that's this. Well, now it's, it's not Sunday. It's this Saturday, you know, at 1 o'clock down at Paycor, and how can we beat the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, I think Zach Zach said today something about having a, an extra drink before you go in. That should be a problem with this crowd. <laughs> well, not not if you go to Bengal Jim's tailgate. I, I can say that for sure. You know, in, in fact, Jim, I, I think don't you have a you got something going down now there a toy drive or and if we can't make it down, um, unfortunately this week we're not going to be at the game. Uh, we have to go down to Lexington to my five-year-old granddaughter's dance recital. There you go. So we won't be, be at the game, but, uh, you know, if you can't be down there to donate, how can people make a donation? Yeah, Tony, go ahead and give, give – we got an event going on. We're going to fill the bus up uh, Sunday. We're going to meet down at uh, – we're going to meet at a couple places and finish off at the pro shop for people to, to fill the Bengal bus up for Toys for Tots. 
But uh, Tony, talk about we have a QR code for that as well, right? Yeah, so we have several options. We have an Amazon uh, wish list that you can go on and directly purchase from Amazon. It'll get sent to us directly. Um, we have our tailgate, of course. It is the last tailgate to drop off your toys. And then, as Jim mentioned, we have a fill the bus event on Sunday starting at the, the Walmart and Eastgate. Um, we also will be spending um, right now we got about twenty eight hundred to three thousand dollars. We're going to be spending in uh, Walmart to uh, buy some toys as well. So uh, appreciate everybody's support with that. But, yeah, there's multiple ways you can help with that. Well, you know, I, I can't thank you guys enough. You know, Jim, what you've done to support the Ken Anderson Alliance and all the other charities with you with your tailgate, not only at home, but on the road. Um, my gosh, I mean, you're just you're the best. And we appreciate you so much. Yeah, when you say you, you mean it's we. We the, These guys, everybody on the screen, including Craig uh, Johnson and Del Hall, who are not on the screen here with us tonight, work their ass off, Kenny, to make all this happen, man. And it's uh, this platform of social media and our tailgate, uh, if it wasn't for the tailgate and the social media platform, none of this stuff happens. So we appreciate everybody being involved. And oh, this, Kenny, is, this is actually a great segue while you talk about this. Can I, can I share the number we're at currently? I want to have it up while Kenny is on the air just to show. Sure, like, do it. Do it. This is insane, Kenny. Look at this. A Holy mackerel. $236,000 to 28 different charities in 2023. Great. You, you got, like I say, I, I can't thank you enough for the difference that you make in Cincinnati. Not only the difference for the Ken Anderson Alliance, but, you know, everything that you do for all the charities that you're involved with. Yep. Well, Kenny, brother, we appreciate your time tonight. I'm sure we'll see you before Christmas, man. But, uh, if not, I hope that you and the family have a great Christmas. Enjoy the dance recital of the granddaughter. And, uh, <laughs> safe travels up and down uh, the expressway down there to Kentucky. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that very much. And, and and like I say, you know, thank you for putting me in the intro. I was, you know, I love the music. I love the video. So I, I feel honored now. <laughs> we love having you on, Kenny. Well, you heard and, and, and keep posting those old, uh, those old videos on Twitter. I love watching those. Every day, brother. Every day. So uh, we, the, the, the one that I just saw was with, with the Giants. We kept having those plays called back. But I had the best run of my career, about a 50-yarder, winding around, going to the right, winding around to the left and scoring. Got called back. You know, you know, I used to be able to run a little bit in my day. <laughs> you, know, you know who doesn't like those videos? The NFL Copyright Department. They don't like the. You know the NFL doesn't like anything. Keep it. Kenny, they're, they're okay with it on on Twitter, but for some reason on Facebook they get us. They do uh, not like it on Facebook. Oh gosh. Right, well, we appreciate it, Kenny. Thanks again, buddy. Well, any day when we get back to the playoffs this year, call me again, will you? Absolutely, yes, sir. You got it. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks, Good Kenny. Day. Appreciate Merry it. Christmas. There's oh, James. That's a big James hey. there. All right. Oh, big James. Kenny's right. always fun, man. Very insightful. Every damn time we talk to him, man. I love it. You know, yeah. there was a question that came up in the chat. I, I didn't I didn't want to put up what Kenny was on because I really don't want to give it too much air. This, I, I love fandom, right? Like Jake. I Brown, deleted it. I deleted it. Don't I, even mention it. It's stupid. Oh, I deleted geez. it. I gotta ask I you though. Let me ask. Let me just ask. No, no, no. As an uninformed fan, don't even talk about it. It's the dumbest thing ever. At what, Anyhow, what do we got next? Let's we talk about Tony's. Let's continue the charity talk. That's this is this, 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 this is Jamie. Jamie, I can't believe you let him do that to you. 
Uh, well, you know, that's fine. This will be something the fans can guess we're talking about. But <laughs> yeah, there you I go. Tell you this. I don't believe it is, but I will tell you this. Five games from now, it becomes a question. It's stupid. I think I know what you're talking about. Good grief. It becomes, it becomes a question. People dumb. Dumb. Here, hold on. Tony, let's go. You're going full screen. All right, talk. <laughs> Charity. Just so you know, I just got beat down on my own show I co-host with you guys. <laughs> we can put you in the penalty box too, Jimmy. We have my, that authority. Just drink my Jack and Coke and shut up. <laughs> hey, when you only come on once every five weeks, you don't I, you lose that authority. That's that's there. That's there. <laughs> well, Tony, we the, the beat Tony, up on Jamie. Yeah, Tony. So we hit on the uh, with Kenny. We we hit on the. Uh, uh, the toys for tots, but touching that a little bit again and talk about what we did Sunday and what's going on this Saturday at the tailgate. Yeah, so again, um, last uh, last weekend for uh, our to uh, toy donation, and um, that's going to be this Saturday at the Vikings game. So make sure you bring a toy. All those toys are going to the great families in need. So appreciate everyone who does that. Um, again, uh, real quick, just hit on the the fill the bus. That's Sunday. It's going to start at eight thirty at the Walmart in Eastgate. Um, we'll be there for an hour and a half or two. And then, um, you know, we're going to buy some toys, uh, be there for people to come and um, give us toys to fill the, the Bengal bus. And then we're going to transition over to the pro shop uh, where we'll be there for another hour and a half or so. Um, we're going to uh, pro shop and buy some Bengal gear because, um, you know, all the kids need to have some Bengal gear as well. Um, so please come out and see us, um, take some pictures with us, uh, bring some toys, you know, whatever you whatever you can do to help support the effort. Um, this past Saturday, we did. Uh, we had a great turnout, even with the cold. I was really surprised, but uh, we ended up um, having uh, Keith Rucker there, former player, and uh, we were supporting his foundation, which is the Reach for the Sky. And basically, he helps with um, um, a summer camp uh, for football, which is completely free. And uh, the money that we helped earn uh, this past weekend is going to that, and it was, um, you know, like twenty two hundred bucks, almost twenty three hundred dollars. That's going to go to that foundation. So. Again, can't can't say enough how um, Who Day Nation, Bengal Nation, the fans support um, our efforts in making this happen. And like Jamie showed, uh, you know, we're 111 K, you know, 28 different charities. I, it's amazing. Um, so proud to be a part of this uh, group. Um, we all have a, a hand in this effort. And um, it's just it's just a great feeling to be able to help the community like we do. And one thing I want to give a shout out to that was tied in. To the charity all weekend was was our friends at the, the blue crew i believe was popped up there the uh, the cool plaques that our buddy ron boyle made for our cornhole champions that was the first time we did that again another charity event um that coincided with um keith rucker's charity this week that was a lot of fun um although brandon our, our number one fan protested uh, the blue bags that uh, that he was forced to um to play with gosh we're never going to hear the end of that but uh no, it was a lot of fun that um, Colts fans, Bengals fans, um, again, with 100% of the proceeds going to charity. Our friends at Bengal Bids um, donated signed jerseys. As we mentioned, Ron Boyle donated um, those cool plaques. And just appreciate everyone being part of it. There's a lot of buzz about it. And it's probably something you'll see again at a future tailgate. So, again, thanks to the Blue Crew uh, for pitching in, uh, their fans being great. And uh, it was a it was a fun day down there in um, at uh, Paycor. And what was it, Tony? We had a T. Higgins autographed helmet, Keith Rucker jersey, T. Higgins jersey, and an Icky jersey. That's correct. Four yep. or five items. Yeah. 
Yeah. So lots of great prizes, and we appreciate um, everybody that pitches in to one defunct bag. <laughs> James did that. James did that on purpose, Brandon. Oh gosh, gosh! And then we try to have a, a playoff between the the two teams that had to play with the bad bags and the other team. Hey guys, to with, Brandon. with everything you're doing this weekend and then the toy drive and and everything, uh, question mainly for for Jimmy and James. Is it Orange Christmas Tree Day, Saturday? Yep, yes. the 31st right. year of the Orange Christmas Tree. So let's talk about that just for a second. Well, are you going to get a real tree or another Charlie Brown tree? Is this we the always beer, get, this the beer always, tree? Yep, yep, it's always a real tree. Uh, it's spray-painted with four cans of orange fluorescent paint uh, the night before. And uh, when you empty your beer cans, uh, you use the – you empty that beer can, you put that on the beer can as an ornament. So – the 31st year of the Orange Christmas Tree game. 50-plus degrees, guys, this Saturday. Saturday, not Sunday. Uh, James, what else are we doing at the tailgate? we got the charity stuff going on, as always. Well, we talked about uh, wearing the your favorite Christmas or holiday outfit. So if you want to uh, come down dressed as Santa, Mrs. Claus, Mrs. Naughty Claus, an elf, <laughs> uh, whatever you, uh, whatever uh, you want to do, like come on uh, <laughs> She's in the Mrs. Naughty Claus. Can I just put, I want to put a comment up that just came in. I'm not doing this to boast about, uh, you know, our egos here, but Bob says, you gentlemen are the absolute best class acts. Proud to work the same team as you guys. Keep up the awesome work. Thank you for asking Ken my question. That's one thing I want to just talk about really quickly. We do this yeah, show. Why, we're not gentlemen. Why would he say yeah, that? He, well, obviously, <laughs> James must have been off camera when he wrote it. But <laughs> what I was going to say was, you know, the five of us on the screen, I know we're missing Mark tonight. We we sometimes maybe take it for granted that we get to talk to these guys and see that. But when when the fans do watch the show, we are able to ask a question. Like, these are people who watch these players for years, right? Don't have that connection. And they'll be able to put their question up on the screen that's why, you know, when you see Ken on the show more than once, three, four, five times, we love bringing these guys back because it gives you guys, you know, by the fans, for the fans, a chance to ask questions. So thanks for that message, Bob. I appreciate that. That was very nice. And, and obviously, and going, was on the screen when you wrote that. So. Can I go back to the naughty Mrs. Claus outfit for the tailgate? Please don't. It's a PG-13 tailgate, too, damn it. Okay. It's not so, 9 o'clock. Yeah. Even when I went on my – I, I waited till 9 o'clock. <laughs> It is not a PG. I've been there when the mayor said the F word. And I've been, there, I've been there when you swore. And I've heard James say a few things after a few day, day drinking beers, too. So, so the, the only thing I did was um, I think Mark said Nostradamus wasn't even that good. When I called the, uh, the Chase Brown first NFL <laughs> touchdown and the uh, Joe Mixon touchdown as part yeah, of a, a joke. The person I've, I've, who's never misbehaved at a tailgate ever. Has been Tony. I've never, I've never seen him misbehave at all. Always proper. I'm, I got the etiquette for the tailgate. <laughs> He's also got his wife with him. So. That, well, she misbehaves, but that's that's fine. Jeez. <laughs> so again, so again at the tailgate, uh, it could be ugly Christmas sweater. It could be dressing up at any any uh, Christmas, uh, whatever you guys want to do. But we're gonna hey, take one massive group picture. We're gonna have a lot of fun with it. Uh, Orange Christmas tree. We're going to do a lot of some other fun stuff as well. I think Craig, um, Beer Fest Craig is coming up with some ideas with some stuff. I'm not sure what else he's going to do, James. Did he tell you uh, what kind of drinks? Hot toddies or something like that again, maybe? 
I'm sure those are popular and usually sell out um, pretty quick in addition to the Bengal bombs. So I think Craig's going to do an extra 10 rounds of Bengal bombs. And uh, he took um, Zach Taylor's orders to heart and uh, wants to make sure everybody's nice and primed before they go into uh, to pay core on Saturday, um, Saturday afternoon. Now, it, this has been that this was posted earlier today and, and Brandon's comments um, coincides with this if you want to pop it up. But we're wearing black jerseys, black socks, black pants. So all black. We know how successful the, the stripe out was. So worst case scenario, if we can't get all the fans to wear black, let's get uh, 156 and, and 158 in and, and all black. And um, I think it'd be perfect. You know, the Bengals fans have killed the white out when we asked them to wear white. They killed the stripe out. Now we need the uh, the blackout Saturday. Maybe it's a little bit late, but um, heck, uh, with with the social media presence nowadays, we can probably put a pretty good dent in it and, and get most people to wear black on Saturday. So this is I, like I, I'm hoping for Craig's sake he doesn't show up in a white jersey. You guys, yeah, he's going to. He's going to stick out like a sore thumb in section one. Guys are going to get punched in the mouth. That, that has been that up. has been worn out. Leave the man alone. The I, man has I, had enough. I'm not picking on him. I'm just saying. I hope for his sake he doesn't. You guys are going to get punched. Wait, oh, wait. Tom brings up a great – this is my one chance to mention Syracuse here on the show. Tommy DeVito, the former Syracuse uh, quarterback Jesus. who led his team to the drive. And I believe – let's take this off the screen. And it says, uh, not your – Tommy DeVito's agent or Uncle Jamie? Yes, sir. That guy's the coolest, okay. man. Do you see the man? That was – It was hilarious. Absolutely. No, I, I never watched the Manny thing. And then last night was so confusing with the two games on. Thankfully, YouTube TV allows you to do the the picture in picture. But I just crazy. watched the clip after. It's great to watch the clips. I don't think I watch a whole NFL game with the Manny brothers talking over it. But the clips when they have like some gold. They're Craig awesome. also commented bourbon, bourbon, vanilla, maple, hot toddies, and a thousand Bengal bombs if the fans should have drank them. Shit. He, he, he knows. He knows the fans will show up. But also, speaking of that blackout, like it's literally Coach Taylor is going to get us blacked out drinking too much going in that stadium. And it's going to be a blackout in the stadium. So um, it's gonna, we're going to have a lot of fun. It, 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 this, is, this is Craig's defense. He was honoring A.J. Green in his non-white jersey. I'm not picking on Craig. I'm saying for your sake, because I know if he doesn't, you guys are going to razz him. He's going to punch you out. You know he's yelling at us in his, in his message right there. I love Craig. I would never – I would never – I never diss Greg. Canadian maple syrup down once for the tailgate. Did we do? We did like maple syrup drinks. Yeah. The one time yeah. Yeah. And so, so Tom, let's let's talk about this game Saturday, man. Uh, so magic numbers three, uh, Minnesota set football back twenty years of that game last week, a three to nothing uh, game uh, this past week. I didn't. Even, I didn't want to go back and watch that thing, but. Let's let's talk about that Minnesota game, Tom. What do we got to do to get this dub? You this know, week? you you mentioned that though last week for them. That was not. I, I was home, kind of flipping around and watching the NFL channel after we got home from the Bengals game. That was actually not a horrible game. Just every offense, every time they'd get inside the forty, would just stop somehow ineptly. But it was it was not not a horrible game. Um, the Vikings hit. You know, clearly have a hole at quarterback. They are going to their third-string quarterback now. Uh, James and I uh, touched on that earlier today a little bit, talking to each other. I know James is concerned um, with, the, with, their, with their new quarterback. 
But, um, you know, so hopefully we've got to keep ramping it up on defense. They are good defensively. You know, heck, they're seven and six, uh, just like us. They want to make it into the playoffs. So they, they feel like they're back into a quarter. But I think, you know, here it is. If we play the way we did against Jacksonville and we play the way we did against Indianapolis, they're going to be fine. And, uh, you know, we don't worry about any games passing. We just worry about that one. But they're going to be they're going to be fine, and they're going to keep climbing up that ladder uh, to get into the playoffs, which right now they're out of. You know, isn't it isn't it funny to see how quickly fans fall out of love with someone? Like, remember when when Josh Dobbs stepped in for the injured Kirk Cousins? Had no idea, hadn't even seen the playbook yet. Goes out running for his life, somehow wins the game, and the Vikings fans are like crowning this guy as the savior of the franchise. And then now he's been benched for Nick Mullins. Like, it's just, it's hilarious how things can change in this league so quickly. <laughs> quick. So, so quick. We got, um, we got our man, Mon. So congratulations. I think he just had his 100th show uh, last week or the week before. He says the Vikings have a, have a great day. I think, um, is McConnell, is that their the head coach? Who's yep. their head coach? He, uh, Kevin they- Connell, right? Yeah, they they yeah. they built it on D. They do have have an elite D, but um, you know, like I said, if the, if the Bengals play, they have the Jacksonville had a great D. Indianapolis has got a great D. The Bengals play the way they have the last two weeks. I think they're going to be fine. Uh, you know, on both sides of the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make fun of my my cliche. No, we're not. We're this, not. We're talking about something else. This is I crazy. am not producing this show. <laughs> I'm just letting the I'm letting the people out there know that I am not the producer of the show. We have been a ship adrift tonight since James brought up naughty Mrs. Claus. Hey, so let's let's transition. And here's, here. a valid, here's a valid question here, and that was one thing yeah. Tom and I were, were going back and forth. You know, apparently took a, a pretty a strong hit to the chest last Sunday. They took him to the to the hospital. Precautionary measures. I think everything checked out, but that's. You know, it's probably something they're going to keep under wraps, much like we saw last week about is Trevor Lawrence playing? Is he not playing? Obviously, he ended up playing. I think if he's healthy um, with them in the situation that they are, obviously, he's going to make that team better. Um, but we'll see, you know, if he's 100%. Can I say something really quickly about that? So I honestly think the reason Dobbs is not playing is because of that injury. Did you see the hit? That no, I didn't. No. 100% on Dobbs. 100%. Ball placement. Put him in a position where he has to go up and catch that ball and just get murdered, and that's exactly what happened. Well, Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy remember Derek, Derek Carr in, in New Orleans? You got the players who are injured tweeting and then deleting their tweets about how he's going to get these players killed by where he's putting the ball. Right, hey, Jimmy. Remember in the 1980s, though, uh, particularly his first couple years as starter, what Boomer used to do to Chris Collinsworth and Rodney Holman. You know, he would throw it high, and we'd have our tall guys spread. I mean, Collinsworth would get the tar kicked out of him every week. You know, and he, he wasn't the, the biggest guy in the world anyway, you know, the thickest guy in the world. I mean, he was athletic. He's 6'5", jumping up, he'd go get the ball, but his body would be so extended, he would just get destroyed. And that, that you know, reminds me a lot of Jefferson Jefferson. But, uh, I you know – We'll see. My guess is that he plays. Everybody yeah, always gets he's, better. He's going to play. He's going to play. There's no way you know, he's not playing against Jamar. So there's a there's a good comment from from Mon. You know, I think there's two things. If you look at the last two games, 
we saw the emergence of, of Chase Brown, who played a heck of a game Monday night, played a heck of a game um, Sunday. And I think, you know, we debated this on the show. You know, it goes back to that Pittsburgh game where we had, what, eight rushing attempts from, for a running back, um, taking some pressure off the young quarterback that doesn't have the experience. And I think it takes some pressure off that line. So in order for continued success, uh, Mon has a good point. We're going to have to keep running the ball and relying on, on Joe and, and Chase Brown to uh, yeah. stay successful there. I'll tell you what, man, it's kind of like, you know, the conversation we had a few weeks ago, I keep going back to uh, Solomon Wilcox. I think you did earlier too, James. Um, you know, Solomon says, they, you know, the Bengals are going to have to play. They can't get down real big because when those defenders pin their ears back, and that's all they're doing is rushing Jake. It's going to make it miserable on him. Let's run the ball. Uh, let's stay close. Let's get out, of, get out in front early and make life easier uh, where everything kind of works on the offense. So, it's it's that time, guys. It is time for Tom's. What are we calling it, Tom? I'm sorry. I just want to make sure we got it right. Hole of the week. Asshole of the week. Thank you, James. Right. No problem. It's my new favorite segment, Tom. Presented by StolenClipArt.com. <laughs> well, this week, you know, we 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 do have one we've been waiting to use, but. Uh, We'll use that when maybe one doesn't present himself, but one presented itself very clearly last Saturday when the NFL came out and not just cleared the Bengals, but made it very clear that the Bengals did absolutely nothing wrong in regards to the reporting of Joe Burrow's injury. Mm -hmm. And they were on that quick the day after the injury, you know, they were in here. They looked at every minute of every practice the week of, of the the Ravens game. They looked at every moment of film that they had of a Joey Joe throwing the ball before the game. That's, all you, to watch. That's all you had to watch was that. Well, that was- here, here was the thing for me though. He threw a 60 yard pass. It was an incompletion, but a 60 yard throw perfect spiral to Jamar chase right before he got injured. But anyway, everybody was screaming bloody murder. Uh, starting with, um, you know, the, the city there in Maryland and a lot of our friends up north by Lake Erie and even a sprinkling of western Pennsylvania. And it proved, proved to us what we already knew. You're all assholes. So uh, who's the uh, official? Yeah. Now it's official. And if you can divide up the trophy amongst you, there won't be much left because there's so many of you. But the Bengals did nothing wrong. There was no conspiracy, so calm down. And for those of you that were upset about your bet in Vegas, he got hurt during the game. Okay, so so wait, yeah. a minute, wait a minute. So you're literally giving the asshole of the week award to tens and thousands of people across the country? Anybody exactly. who pushed push the narrative that the Bengals did something wrong. Anybody, shit. anybody that, that said the Bengals had done something wrong, there was some massive conspiracy, Yeah, everybody gets to share in that trophy. And, so this, and they so deserve I, it. This nope. isn't. This isn't the asshole. This is the assholes of the week. Listen, don't forget to tune in week when we award it to an entire country. <laughs> is this uh, is this the runner-up award for the award you know, this week? I, I, it's it's funny, you know. He's being the darling of the league. Uh, this like it's it's a it's a PR thing for Mahomes right now. Like I it, really it, wanted I really wanted to ask Kenny the, that, but we had him a little too long. So well, it you have one supporter. Good, James. We have one. We have one supporter. This is uh, Jordan from um, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Says, "Go get him, Tom." I think that's your nephew, isn't it? Uh, Sheboygan, very big in Sheboygan. Yes. Very big. 
Just kidding, Jordan. So, uh, but uh, you, the the thing about about the Mahomes and Andy Reid complaint, where their wide receiver lined up offsides and didn't check with the ref before the play to see if he was in the neutral zone, he broke the broke the rule. He was very clearly in the neutral zone. You know, what if that gave him just a couple of inches advantage on the pass route to get to that pass? So, you know, the call is correct. Nobody is harder on the refs than me. Nobody bitches about the NFL officiating and how horrible it is than me. They got it right. They, they got it right. I, I, I'm, no, I'm no conspiracy theorist, but when you put Brittany Mahomes, Jackson Mahomes, and Taylor Swift together in a triangle, like nothing's good to come out of that. I think it's just, it's down. Yeah. Andy Andy Reid and Mahomes need to understand. Even Jake from State Farm would have, would have called that a penalty. Yeah. 100%. This is the two man warning. When is he going to be a guest? Yeah. <laughs> we, can that, we can, we can make that happen. Nice. But yeah, we can make that happen. The, every answer he has to do, he has to do that, though. He has to wave the yeah. like that. Every, every third question. Uh, Tony, get us started, please. <laughs> Jamie. Uh, this, uh, one week at a time, like uh, everyone's been talking about, looking forward to the uh, Minnesota game. Uh, bring your toys to the tailgate. Hopefully we'll see you Sunday. Um, this week's uh, charity is um, Maddie's House. Uh, so if you guys know about that charity, it's one of our favorites. So uh, make sure you come out and support them. And um, I also just want to put a plug in for Tony's tickets for kids. I uh, had 31. um, So I was able to do 31 kids so far this year, uh, getting them to their first um, NFL game. And um, I got four more coming this week. So uh, we'll be at 35. So it's an awesome feeling to be able to get them kids to their game because they're the future fans. But other than that, who day? I, I would like to spend my time discussing my thoughts and views on censorship and how it applies to our show. But, <laughs> you know, honestly, I'm just – after 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 Joe Burrow going down and, and laying an egg against the Steelers, I, I, I'll admit, like most Bengals fans, thought the season was over. Wasn't as excited about the game the next week. You know, not not because you don't love the team, but you just you know I don't want to hear from people. You know, we when, when we win, we like to talk. When we lose, it sucks to hear from other people. But uh, I, I honestly do, and I, it's only been two wins. But Jake Browning just looks so calm out there, and I, I feel like the team's just playing a little bit looser, open up the playbook, running the ball more. Chase Brown looks absolutely as advertised. I, I'm I'm excited to watch Bengals. I'm excited about what's going to happen. I, I look at the schedule going forward, and I see a run. I see a potential run. And uh, I think we talked about this a few weeks when I was on. Um, Ten uh, double digits probably gets the probably gets the end. And I think we get the double digits. I think we sneak in, and then it's a whole new season after that. So, who day? I hope it goes good. I wish the game was on Sunday. I'd like to come down for it, but. Uh, yeah, I'm going to come down with the playoffs. It'll be fun. As long as you have your snow tires on the smart I car. I put snow tires in the smart car. I will let you know how it goes. Okay. Tom, are you going to hand the football to Tom, or is that not? I'm at my office. Okay. I, don't, uh, I can hand you a Jack and Coke if you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'm broadcasting. Yes, I have Jack and Coke in my office. Just let you know. <laughs> 
I don't drink it. I don't drink period, but I don't certainly don't drink it broadcast. So, um, no, I think you know. I'm the, sorry. I'm the, sorry. The, the one game, one game at a time. Uh, mantra certainly fits, and I know it's boring, but you know a lot of other things won't matter near as much if we don't beat the Vikings. And I think, I think they'll be up for it. Uh, the coaching staff seems to really be in stride. Uh, we've got a, a fantastic story at quarterback uh, that you know, is going to do all kinds of things for us, not just this year, but into the future in, in a variety of ways. But we'll we'll talk about that in the off season. So be there, be early, be really loud and uh, and help the guys out because they they still need it and they appreciate it. So this is a very special group of guys that have overcome a lot. So let's do our part for them. James. All righty, blackout. Uh, we, we officially voted here. We have a, a forum. So it's a blackout on uh, Saturday. Except for Craig, he's allowed to wear what color, Jamie? Don't get me upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thankful for, for you, the fans. Um, all the comments. You guys had wonderful questions for, for Ken Anderson today. I see some new faces. Uh, we mentioned Jordan. That is not Tom's long-lost nephew from Sheboygan. That is a new viewer. So thank you, uh, Jordan, for tuning in. Um, as we said, Mon, on his 100th show, congratulations. Craig's out there. And um, speaking of Craig, we appreciate all he does. Um, so much leg work there for Jacksonville. Um, he promises us to have the uh, Bengal bombs lined up for, um, for Saturday. So look forward to that. And then along those lines, um, Craig and Dell also post the, uh, the volunteer list. Oh, see, man, I'm a mind reader. See, Jordan is in Wisconsin. No. <laughs> you're from Sheboygan. If you're, if you're in from Wisconsin, you're in from Sheboygan, Jordan. Executive decision. Um, but no, uh, people are always asking how to help, how to get involved. There is a uh, volunteer list that's uh, circulated out there. So whether it's set up, whether it's tear down, whether it's actually helping during the tailgate, we can use all the help we can get. So we appreciate um, that. And I mentioned it during Tony's section, but your I think again up. to uh, hey, over your time. Do what? You're over your time. Okay, just one last shout out to Ron Boyle for for all he does, making the, the cool lanyards, made the plaques for the Cornhole Tournament, and uh, we appreciate that. Jimmy, you have uh, two minutes and 30 seconds to Yeah. Okay, just real quick, 111,028 different charities. We as a group, thank you guys so much for everything you're doing to support those charities and how much it means to all these charities, these local charities, is a, is a really big deal. So I uh, appreciate you guys being part of that, and I think Tony hit it earlier. It, it takes all of us equally to pull this, uh, to get things together on this charity effort that we're, that we're doing. We appreciate everybody that's involved. Um, 50 degrees. I think I saw 53 degrees Saturday. Um, so usually I can't go out Sunday night after the game and, and have drinks with everybody because I got to work. But Saturday night when the Bengals win, I am going out. Uh, we're, we're going out bar hopping afterwards, guys. But uh, seven and six, guys, seven and six. And I think Coach Taylor said it right. I think – the crowd was great last game against the Colts, but we we need it better. We need it even better than that, guys. So we get into that stadium, grab an extra beer, like Coach Taylor said, drink it on the way into the stadium. Just you know, make sure they get it in the garbage can before you get into the stadium. And let's get loud. The storyline that keeps building week after week right now, you can see it. It's something special is building now, guys. Uh, and it takes not just the players and the coaches, but it's going to take us, every single one of us in that damn stadium, uh, to help get this dub this week. It's going to be a tough, tough game. Minnesota's defense really damn good. Um, so let's bring it. Let's bring it. Let's get to 8-6 and six this, uh, this Saturday. 
We'll see you this weekend. See you at the tailgate bright and early. We love you guys. Who day, everybody? Who day? Who day? Not.